People stuff is often the hardest thing for leaders to navigate. We aim to make the intangible tangible so that you can build and nurture an environment that positions your company to achieve your most important work. This is the Leader in You podcast brought to you by EMC Leaders. We bring the science of attachment and emotional connection to share the insight of the last 50 years into how you can build strong and connected relationships and build inclusive and connected workplaces. I am Maria Garcia. And I'm Dr. Lola Gershfeld. As a developer of the Emotional Connection Process, or EMC, I have witnessed all kinds of team dynamics and struggles that people have in the workplace. And so in the EMC process, we help team members um, become more aware of their automatic thoughts and protective behaviors that make them fall victim to the negative cycle by making them more explicit and recognizing that they're normal and that we all have them. To better understand the negative cycle, we need to understand that as individuals, we react in our own ways to conflict. Depending on our upbringing and past experiences, these reactions may look a little different. So I wanna begin by differentiating between pursuers and withdrawers in these kinds of situations. So for the pursuer, the automatic thought may sound something like this. I have to stop you, how dare you? But on the other hand, withdrawers' automatic thoughts can be, I have to get away. I give up. I don't need you anyway. So we see pursuers attacking the problem and maybe coming off as attacking the person, while withdrawers tend to get away and shut themselves off to avoid any confrontation. These automatic thoughts shift team members' emotional balance, with, which is often followed by protective or disruptive behaviors that widen the distance in the relationship. So Nadia, I'm just going to pause right here because I think you're saying something really important. What you're saying is that when we get triggered, our sensitive spots get touched or our raw spots, as we call it, and we have the emotions that come up, we automatically go into these thought processes that make up understanding of what's happening for us. How do we respond to these triggers? And what I think what I'm hearing also you saying is that so the the pursuer who is actually pursuing the connection wants the connection back goes into that automatic thought is I have to stop you. I have to stop you from whatever you're doing because I want to be connected to you. And withdrawers who actually preserve the connection and trying to uh, get away from more disconnection, their thought is, I have to get away because I'm getting so overwhelmed. I, I don't know how to respond. So in a way, we have to recognize that there are two different ways of responding to triggers and hurt feelings that are happening in our relationships, in our interactions with each other. The next thing, I guess, after automatic thoughts is how do we behave? And these behaviors often is what really keeps us going into this negative cycle. Why don't you tell us about what do pursuers do as the way of their behavior in terms of protect, we call them protective behaviors, but, but in a way they are ineffective strategies that respond to these uh, triggers that they have and hurt feelings instead of having effective strategies. So what are the ineffective strategies that pursuers do to uh, get the connection back? Yeah, so on the pursuer end, obviously, we talked about them reacting with thoughts of I have to stop you, how dare you, and that can translate into behaviors that may seem demanding, they might judge or lecture, speak more quickly or loudly, 
And as we see, these behaviors just tend to come off as a little more aggressive and may cause the withdrawer to engage in behaviors that the withdrawer to engage in behaviors that reflect their thoughts. And so the more that the pursuer may be demanding and judgmental, the more the withdrawer will want to distance themselves and avoid the conversation and just shut down completely. So as we see, when pursuers and withdrawers act on their automatic thoughts with these disruptive behaviors, it just causes more tension and more of a disconnect. And we're seeing where the pursuer mindset and the withdrawer mindset can clash and kind of allow room for more of these behaviors to occur. Pursuer's response to the disconnection is to go after the person to get the connection back. And they do this. So what we know from the attachment science is they are falling through space. They want that connection back. So they are in the panic mode. They are in a panic, getting that connection back. As you mentioned, that the more they push and the more they demand and blame and judge, the more the withdrawer distances themselves and avoids the conversation because they don't know what else to say or they get overwhelmed. That kind of leads us to the identification of negative cycles. Number one is attack withdraw cycle, which means that the, the one person attacks and the other person withdraws. And the, this is the most common cycle. It does begin with one person complaining, blaming, criticizing, and the other person defending, distancing, and stonewalling. So one person is pushing for connection, the other person is withdrawing. The more one pushes, the more the other withdraws. The more the other withdraws, the more the other pushes. And so they get stuck in this terrible negative cycle. This cycle actually shifts the emotional balance for both people, take start, start to take over the relationship. If you are able to recognize the cycle in your environment, it will probably sound like in an angry voice, it might sound something like, you don't respond to me. How can we work together if you don't respond to me? I keep sending you emails after emails and I get no response. Are you ignoring me? Why don't you ever answer to me? So if you have heard something like this happening in your office or in your interactions with your coworkers, you know that this person is pushing for connection. They are, they are words blaming, they are judging, and they are, in a, with a tone of voice, they are demanding. And so the other person might say something like, is that right? Well, who can talk to somebody who is angry all the time? Have you noticed that you're angry all the time? I wish you would just stop bothering me and leave me alone. So here's a defense coming in. They want to try to get away from the conversation. They are also judging the other person, but mostly they don't want to have a conversation because they they don't want to escalate the situation. What we know from science is that angry criticism often triggers stonewalling, which in turn triggers further distancing, feeding an infinite loop of this negative cycle. Withdrawers withdraw because they feel overwhelmed and do not know how to express what they want to say. They So they shut down in order to preserve the connection. However, 
What they do not realize is that when withdraw and they stonewall, they actually increase the anxiety for the other person, which in contrast, they think they're avoiding the situation, they're making it better. But in reality, they're getting people more upset, not less upset. So people who pursue, they feel desperate and alone. They want their connection back, but they do not realize that their aggressive pursuing works actually negatively by making withdrawers feel more intimidated and overwhelmed. In an extended attack withdrawal situation, the withdrawer can become overly aggressive as a result of continuous attack. And so their reaction may be disproportionate to what is happening in the situation. So they might attack and then they withdraw. So we call that hit and run. So you kind of like hit to just get the person off your back, so to speak. And then they run, which is um, distancing again, avoiding and stonewalling. But also that creates more anxiety for the other person. It is important to recognize that this situation has gone so long that it's very difficult to, for them to address it in a peaceful way because they get so triggered. So it's very important to bring another person into the conversation so they can manage and then they can deescalate, control the emotional part of the conversation so they can actually get to the heart root of the problem, which is, I don't know if, I, if you care about me, I don't know if I matter to you. I don't know if you value me. What the responses are is really to this key attachment questions is, do I matter to you? Am I important to you? Do you care about me? By bringing in a third person who knows the emotional connection process can help to deescalate the situation, create more safety where people can gain more balance so they can speak from a place of vulnerability instead of attacking each other, and actually can start to restructure the cycle. The second cycle is called attack-attack cycle. And these are more of a pursuer-pursuer cycle where two pursuers are going at each other. And in this cycle, surface emotions are very high. The atmosphere is charged and blaming and defending are predominant modes of interactions. Individuals are incapable of hearing each other in those cycles. They are mostly yelling at each other or they are cursing at each other. Feelings of fear, shame, and sadness really what drives their, their anger and their desperation of getting that connection back. While the attack-attack cycle appears as war or a storm at work, uh, it is more... It is more than just a bad dance. It is really um, creating a toxic environment for everyone in, in the workplace and in, in the fields of helplessness that people just don't know how to help these people. Negative cycles start to evolve in other areas of the team. The withdraw-withdraw cycle, which is a third cycle, is to withdrawers who are avoiding each other and they're not talking to each other. I remember working with a, with a board where two of the board members have not spoken to each other for five years. So imagine the productivity on that particular board or sharing of information. That's very difficult to work or where people go around each other to, to get their work done. So it creates, again, toxic environment, creates 
difficulty in working people and causes everyone a, a big, huge headache. And so, yeah, I know you mentioned these cycles and hearing your explanation of each one, it kind of brings back painful memories of when these things have happened. And I can understand why you mentioned that the withdrawal pursuer cycle is the most common because I think this is the one that I've fallen victim to most. And I think it's also the cycle that can be the most difficult to, one of the most difficult to break out of. Of course, all of these cycles cause disconnections, but it just seems that there's this back and forth and it almost seems that with each of these cycles, there's no end in sight. And I would just love to hear how one can go about transforming a negative cycle such as these into a more positive one. And not only to help shift from the current conflict, but to ensure that we don't fall victim into these cycles again. And we learn to establish a positive cycle from the beginning of the point of disconnection. Everyone can definitely relate what you just said is because attack, withdrawal, cycle are very common. We definitely want to find a way how we can step out of the negative cycles and restructure them. So the first obvious thing is to be aware, right? To improve your awareness, recognize when the cycle starts. So for me, as soon as I hear blame or judgment or a tone of voice gets stern, the facial expression gets changed or people start uh, uh, looking away. That is, a, for me, a sign of a negative cycle. It's like, a, like somebody's opening the door to the negative cycle. So becoming aware and paying attention. One of the biggest problems that people have is pay attention. Paying attention. They go so fast sometimes, so they, they miss those cues. So paying attention to start to recognize what cycle are you getting into? Is it a attack, withdraw? Is it, is it attack, attack? Is it withdraw, withdraw cycle? And just recognizing, oh my goodness, um, there's the cycle. There's the cycle. The second thing I would say is that calling it out calling the cycle and maybe you don't have to call it out out explicitly out to the people maybe it's an uncomfortable for you or maybe it's not safe for you but just in, internally you can call out the cycle and you can name the cycle so you can start recognizing it's not the people that are bad guys it's the cycle that is a bad guy so when you call out the cycle oh we oh look at that we're in the cycle again oh here's the cycle let's slow it down. Let's slow it down. Or maybe to yourself, I'm going to slow it down because I, I see that the cycle is taking over our conversation. So, so the first thing is to be aware when the cycle starts. And the second thing is call it out. Uh-oh, we are in a negative cycle. And the third thing is to slow things down. To slow things down in a way, um, if you can, to say, can we just pause for a second because I'm just hearing something that is really important what you just said. And what I'm hearing you say is that something is really uh, worries you or something is really bothering you. When you slow down, you, are, you want to address the emotional experience that people are having. So you want to be able to be aware of the cycle, call it out, 
and then slow it down to go back to the emotion that has caused them to respond or to change behavior. Because emotion is what really moves us into action. Emotions trigger us into something is, is, is like an indicator for us that there's something happening unsafe for us. There's something happening unsafe. And so emotions come up and says, hey, there's something changed in your environment. You're not safe. And you want to be able to address that point where it became unsafe for them. So I would say those three things are the beginning of starting to restructure the cycle. And I think it's very interesting that you bring up noticing the negative cycle beginning to happen. And it's kind of, it kind of makes you think how perception is a big part of maintaining relationship to maintain the relationship and keep it healthy. You learn to be perceptive of these things and you learn to notice when someone is pursuing when someone is withdrawing when they're exhibiting these behaviors that might be unhealthy and that might cause us to fall into the negative cycle and kind of create that disconnection in our relationship and so I just think it's great to see how the EMC process allows for engagement with emotions and corrective emotional behavior to the point where when these things do occur when we do say accidentally cause someone to withdraw or cause someone to pursue or just cause a rift in our relationship, the EMC process shows us that we can come back from that and we can recover and repairing these disconnections is just a part of life and something that we have to do all the time with our relationship. Um, and I know we talked a lot about going from the negative cycle and trying to learn how to shift it into the more positive cycle, but just go, taking a step back and looking back at those automatic thoughts what can we do on the individual level to kind of be sure that we don't exhibit those protective disruptive behaviors that can cause these negative cycles to begin? Oh, I love that question because that's really, really important to know. How do we prevent from those automatic thoughts and protective behaviors from taking us over in our conversation and relationships? And I think uh, one of the a thing that we have identified the really shift that goes from the positive interaction into a negative interaction is ability to tune into our emotions, recognize our deeper emotions, our primary emotions, our fears and our needs. When we're able to slow things down and uh, express what worries us, we actually prevent from going into those automatic thoughts and protective behaviors. We are slowing down, we're tuning in, and we're saying, you know, I'm starting to feel really worried that we, the topic that we're discussing, because it scares me that we might be going in the wrong direction. It scares me that we might be uh, losing uh, time and energy with that. And what I need to know is I need to know that you get my fear. You get how worried I am. You get how concerning this is for me. What I just expressed to you is number one, I tuned into my worry. I, I shared my fear that I have with you, what's happening with me, and then what I need. And when you respond to me and you say, Lola, wow, thank you for sharing with me. This is important to me. I'm so glad you shared that this is worries for you. 
and tell me more about it. Now I have the opportunity to express what is happening with me. Now we just shifted from a negative cycle where I could have just shut down or I could say, you know, Nadia, one second, please. I don't think, you know, we're doing the right thing. And I might go into judging or blaming and, and lecturing you into, wow, I was able to slow it down. I was able to tune into my emotions, into my fears, recognize what is it that I need and have that courage and strength to ask for what I need. We are co-regulators of each other's emotions. So when we are able to express and reach for each other in a way that uh, we can get that reassurance from each other, that creates a much stronger relationship. We have seen over and over time again and again, when people are vulnerable with each other, they pull each other close when they are more aggressive and attacking and using all of these protective behaviors, they push people away. Brene Brown says, vulnerability isn't good or bad, it's core of all emotions and feelings. And so the vulnerability is really the cradle of our experiences. And when we are able to learn about ourselves, learn what is it that we, we need, what is it that we fear and have the environment, safe environment to share that vulnerability, the whole um, culture shifts. And now we become a, a lot more free to express ourselves, to ask for what we need so we can move forward together and grow together. And I love that you bring up the topic of vulnerability. I think that's the biggest indicator of being into the positive cycle rather than the negative one. Because to differentiate between the two, we need to first understand that no matter what the situation is, there is some sort of trigger that we experience. And whether we're about to fall victim to the positive or the negative cycle, there is a trigger that's occurred. Being vulnerable is the difference between falling victim to the negative cycle or learning to tune into your emotions and what you need and learning how to share what you need with the person who you're interacting with will be the key to learning to structure the cycle into a more positive one. And so I just think vulnerability is such an important topic to learning to establish emotional connection and building on that emotional connection over time. Exactly, exactly. But we have to feel safe to, to be vulnerable. And also I think courage. Sometimes maybe we try to be vulnerable and we get a bad response and we just have to keep going. We should never give up on being vulnerable and learning how to be more vulnerable and uh, helping people around us to be vulnerable and responding to that vulnerability that invites it back so we can constantly practice. It's a, it's a, it's a continuous learning, continuous improvement, continuous practice. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's definitely a brave thing to be able to be vulnerable, especially when you've been met with rejection or just um, discouragement in the past, um, expressing those vulnerable behaviors. And so I just love the fact that you bring up how courageous it could be to be vulnerable with someone when you're trying to establish a connection. Exactly. So, well, thank you, Lola. I've really enjoyed talking to you and I think we've made some excellent points. I always love hearing from you. Thank you, Nadia. And thank you to everyone for listening. It's always a joy to share these podcasts with you. Be sure to check out our previous podcasts to stay updated with our newest ones subscribe to our podcast, The Leader in You. Till then, be well, focus on your relationships. We'll see you soon.